Welcome to Rebels Recap. Your Rebels on you. Join Robin Vogt, Scott Inch, and Brian Fontaine as they break down the animated universe of a galaxy far, far away. That day she was amazed to discover that when he was saying as you wish, what he meant was, I love you. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to Rebels Recap from the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network. And sitting across from me, I have Mr. Brian Fontaine and Mr. Scott Inch over there in the UK, guys. This is our season finale to season three of Star Wars Rebels. I'm going to throw it over to you, Scott, first off this time. Curious to hear your thoughts on this episode. And boy, oh boy, what a way to end season three. Yeah, I mean, this this episode was fantastic. We got to see the biggest space battle of Star Wars Rebels in its three-year history. Um, The great thing about Star Wars Rebels is they've always delivered on their season finales. The first season, second season, and the third season. I don't know where this place is yet, whether it's the second or third best season finale. The first one's got to be season two. Uh, But yeah, great episode. Finally seeing Thrawn doing what he does best, like actually get in there, try to destroy the Rebels. Bendu was... That whole sequence is amazing. Nice to see Sabine back for, to help out the rebels. And just a wee shout out to Commander Sato. Mm. Yes. Hey, that, that, that has to be great. That's the, just that whole progression there. Yeah. yeah, this was just the quintessential Star Wars. I was thinking back on it this morning after having watched it a second time through. And it really just had everything. It, it had the hope, the despair, the excitement, the laughter. The thrilling parts of it, I mean, they they packed everything they could into these this two-part finale. And I have to agree with, with Scott. It was just, um, it was awesome. I think that if I look back to answer your question, Scott, if I was to rank them, I'm, I don't really like ranking things. But I, I will say that it was a little bit better on my psyche to know that there wasn't like some like huge cliffhanger at the end of this one. You know, season one, season two were both you know, excuse me, Ahsoka related. So, you know, they didn't have this this time. Uh, you know, I think we can speculate a little bit as we dig into this conversation on, on kind of what's happening. But uh, yeah, it was just quintessential Star Wars. Bravo team, Bravo Dave Filoni and everybody included. This one was just, it had it all. It really did. There were so many different elements for a Star Wars fan to break into. There were different things in this episode that I know, Brian, you went back multiple times on, for viewership reasons to kind of break down these things and kind of look at them individually. And that's the beauty of Star Wars Rebels here. And now as we break down Zero Hour Part 1 and Part 2, I think we really do have to kick off with what basically is going on with the Rebels here. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot happening in terms of Thrawn finally letting his plan go forward here. And just like I know you mentioned in a tweet earlier, Brian, here, <laughs> that Thrawn to Tarkin relationship, that was really the thing that we kicked off this episode with. Yeah, I got I, I, I actually There's some passion. I, I have that direct quote here, Robin. It says, that day, Tarkin was amazed to discover that when Thrawn was saying, as you wish, what he really meant was, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you man. Get, anytime you can throw in Princess Bride with Star Wars, it's, it's a good day. There's a couple different things, Robin, that I want to talk about. This. We, we can talk about the Rebels, but other thing, just so I don't forget, because there's so much in here. I think we got to talk about we got to talk about Callus. I think we got to talk about Ezra and Kanan and the kind of the the dialogue that they had on this one. I, I think the big mystery is maybe the Bendu. We can talk about that too. And then just kind of that that sacrifice, Scott, that you alluded to with with Command, Commander Sato, and just when things were looking at their at their most, and we've alluded to it 
multiple different times that we knew that this wasn't going to end well for the rebels. I mean, we we see even in the 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 crawl for a new hope that this was the you know the battle in Scarif was the first big victory for the rebellion. So things aren't going to get any better for the rebels in the next year leading up to Rogue One. So it's uh wow. I don't know, Scott. What do you what do you think? Let's let's talk about the state of the rebellion. They're still not there yet. I mean, Mon Mothma even said itself they don't want to go into an act of fighting just yet. They still want to build their forces and get to the point where they're ready to take on the Empire, but she still feels it's diplomatically. It was great to have that Mon Mothma scene to say that she can't help just yet. And the Re- Phoenix Squadron rebels, I think that's what we can call them at the moment, they are, they are now a bit broken because they've about battle damage because they've lost so many things and it's going to take them for a while to regroup although what i did love was when near the end of the episode where they're, they're calculating how many jumps to cover their tracks to go to yavin so i think we're going to get yavin next season Ooh. yeah i was surprised <laughs> to see that they already are making plant maybe they're going to be the first scout team to go to yavin because we know that they are eventually trying to set up a base on, on Dantooine, but they don't stay on Dantooine that long, you know, less than less than two years. So, you know, they, they have to stay one step ahead of the Empire. And Robin, let's let's talk about let's talk about Thrawn and just that master plan that he had at the beginning of the episode with Callus. And even on the second viewership, I couldn't figure out, Robin, if Thrawn baited Callus, or if Callus actually did one up him, and and I did want to talk about this a little bit because of the the brewing rivalry that we now have between Thrawn and Callus. And to be honest, Robin, I was surprised that Callus was able to hold his own as much as he did. Thrawn is a formidable foe in so many different ways. To me, when just watching that, and I think a lot of Rebels fans, and I think us as a Rebels recap show, we can kind of break this down as you know. Thrawn was trying to get into Callus's head finally. He was trying, I think he had a pretty good idea that Callus was going to try to find out as Fulcrum what this overall plan was. And I think on the same side, Callus was trying to one-up Thrawn and Thrawn was trying to one-up Callus. And that's where they bashed heads and collided at some point. And just for Thrawn to show up in the doorway at Ezra's old home with Callus there as Fulcrum. So it's the expanded universe Thrawn that we want to see canonized. That's scheming, that just the way that he goes about himself, it's it's just showed itself in this episode. And I'm going to be so curious to see like how Callus and Thrawn and that rivalry continues on into season four. And Thrawn just, he did a wonderful job. I think that the story team did a great job of continuing his story. Yeah, there was, in this there was an awesome quote there that, you know, Thrawn said, you have the heart of a rebel and Callus is like, well, I'll take that as a compliment. And I just, this, this episode further solidified Robin and Scott, that that Callus is probably one of my favorite characters in in the entire show. And I just, it's really going to be great in hindsight to go back and and rewatch all these. And maybe I've given myself a summer project now, just watching season one, knowing what we know about season three and how that that might change things. But just a huge fan of what they've been able to do with Callus. And Robin, you'd even mentioned it offline to me too, that it's a very kind of traditional character arc for somebody to not necessarily believe in what they're doing have doubt and then that as that doubt begins to kind of creep in a little bit when they ask themselves you know am i on the right side and think they've done an excellent job in a kid show with with exploring that thought progression of this character yeah absolutely i think you're 100 percent right when it comes to that i'd be curious to hear what scott has to think because i know who's i know he's the other expanded universe man here and he loves talking thrawn yeah thrawn um 
the reason itself was going to see the throne that we wanted, you know, the scheming, the planning, the careful execution of his plans and just to bait Carlos the way he did. I just love seeing the two fighting each other, like on Ezra's old home. And it was great to see Thrawn have the Death Troopers with him as well, because it shows that he is allowed to have those. There's only certain people I would, that in the Star Wars universe you could say you could have, Vader could have them, but I don't think we'll see that. Tarkin could have them. There's only certain characters in this universe that definitely have those Death Troopers. And to see Thrawn have them, that was just, it's how we're so close to Rogue One now and how they're tying it in with that was great. And also the foreshadowing of what, this is both with the uh, throne and Bendu together, but how Bendu's was it? How Thor's going to have arms wrapped around him uh, for uh, foreshadowing something terrible, terribly bad is going to happen to Thrawn. But what is it? Robin, more towels, m- more towels, please. <laughs> <laughs> there they are. Yeah, it was oh. so cool. It was so cool to see the Death Troopers in animated form. And they mentioned it on Rebels Recon that both this episode and a lot of the the preparation work for Rogue One were all in the same time. And they had to kind of, it was interesting to hear them say that to actually make this happen with their episode, they had to take some educated guesses on what the final look of the, what the Death Trooper was going to look like. I thought it was pretty spot on. I don't know about you guys, but um, even in an animated form, I know rebels has a very different style than say the clone wars did and i just thought it was just awesome to include there with thrawn so talk about a callback to say knights of the old republic the the video game that was done on the xbox way back with the the planetary bombardment really reminded me of knights of the old republic with that on taurus where they basically just bombarded after their hero and that story takes off there but it that was this was just it was, I, I, we, we talked a little bit about it last week, guys. There's just sometimes you just, there's not much more to say. It was just go back and watch this episode and really enjoy it. I know that, I know that you, I know the three of us talked offline and we're, we're pretty good on, it's one of the things that we do on the network is not to have spoilers at all. One, I was glad to see one of the theories that I had that we talked about offline being that potentially that group of unlikely heroes or whatever that were going to come and save the day and, and help Ezra that he was going to go ended up being Clan Wren and we got to see the Mandalorians in a space battle and you alluded to it Scott like the biggest space battle we've seen and it was even interesting to hear them talk on Rebels Recon about even the logistics of making this happen in an animated series and it was just quintessential Star Wars it was just exciting and it, and it had it all and it was just great to see Mandalorians fighting in space and even Ezra made the comment, it's like, I don't have a jetpack. And, and to being equipped with like, well, you've got little thrusters on your feet. And you have the, I thought she was actually going to say, we have the force. <laughs> so. no, no, that whole space battle, like when they're jumping on the Star Destroyer, it's just a nice callback to the Cold Wars because they did that in the Cold Wars as well. So that was just a very nice callback because Dave Lowry, he said it on Rebels Recap that he's, he's wanting to kind of close some of the Cold Wars in Rebels. So it was quite nice to get that wee tiny closure there. Well, not a closure, but a nice continuation of this, they did this in the Clone Wars, now they do it in Rebels. Jumping onto the Star Destroyers and try to destroy it from the outside instead of from the inside. So, Robin, I want to throw this to you. And, and I think one of the things that also that quintessential Star Wars is, is that is that mystery and the, and the unknown. I don't think any of the three of us really had a full understanding of what the, the Bendu was and what he represented. But this one just totally turned it on its head 
I, I have a feeling there's already a, a ton of think pieces out on the inter- internets about uh, you know what is what what really is Bendu, what does he represent? But yeah, I I have no words for this. Robin, take it away. <laughs> That's the power of the force, Brian. You don't have to know it. The force exists. It binds us together. It connects everything. The Bendu, I mean, you want to talk about some progression in an animated series. Taking the idea of the Bendu, this person, I'm the one in the middle. You know, that that just that whole progression there, that he was going to not be neither a Sith nor a Jedi. He is itself he is a living piece of it and to see that played out in star wars rebels is something i never thought we would see i knew we were going to explore jedi and kanan backstory and you know see the progression of ezra in this series but i didn't think we were going to get into the force as much and Loney, the doggo and the story team finally said you know what we talked about guardian of the wills in rogue one as we're moving into episode eight we're talking more about the force let's get something in there to get fans pumped for what the Force truly is. And I think the Bendu is a representation of what the Force is in this modern sense of the Star Wars universe. I mean, the fact that he turned himself into a storm was just, I thought oh, that was a nice geez. touch. You just you saw the destructive power that he's capable of. But Scott, let me throw this to you. You know, I, here I am thinking Thrawn just having all of his ground forces firing at this cloud. I'm like, well, that's not going to do anything. But the one you actually saw, like, the the fiery ball coming out of the ground i'm like oh crap this the, <laughs> what's going on here but i just i, I just it was a, it was kind of a nice callback to you know what what the force is and what the force is capable of because it was almost like after he kind of gave that dire warning to thrawn and it was funny how you took it as that that cold embrace with many arms around it i viewed that more of just like but i don't even know if it was just more symbolism than anything that he's going to experience utter defeat at some point and he did at some levels and it's it's hard to i guess you could argue who really won this battle i would say thrawn ultimately had the upper hand because i think the rebels suffered more losses than the empire did and it was more of a symbolic victory for for thrawn than than anything but just the fact that the bendu just kind of disappeared into the force like obi-wan did in in a new hope and it was funny because the 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 reaction that thrawn had almost was a similar thing that that vader had where even vader's like kicking his foot at obi-wan's robes on the ground he's like what yeah i was completely confused by that i'm just like what i I, I was i was sitting there going what? Like, because when he shot his, his gun, like, he shot him, and then suddenly he wasn't there, I'm like, right, this is this is new, because you haven't seen that before in Star Wars, the only person who's really done it was Obi-Wan, and in a way, Yoda, he disappeared in Return of Jedi, so it was quite strange to see the bended to it, so it's just like, what's going on, and I want to have a wee bit more, I'm hoping he comes back next year in a different form, maybe someone that it can morph into different characters. I don't think so, but it's just that nice theory there about it, whether he's, he can do this sort of thing. I have no idea about him at all. I know he says he's the one in the middle, but what does that mean? He's kind of explained that throughout, like in the part in the season premiere, but I have no idea at all about what happened. So I want to throw this both to you guys. I know that you're a huge fan. I, I'm a, I shouldn't not loop myself into this, the, the Kane and Jairus Marvel comic and, and that run. You take into account that and what we've seen, I still have to read A New Dawn. That's on my bookshelf behind me right here. I haven't gotten to that yet. So I have that to kind of fill into. But what we've seen, the character progression of Caleb Doom slash Kanan Jarrus in Star Wars Rebels, 
it was a little bit at the very beginning of this episode and the very end of this episode. And I just really appreciated that conversation between both him and Ezra. And at the very beginning of the episode, it was them kind of waxing nostalgia a little bit where they kind of talk about what they've and you see how far both of them have come. But it was interesting and very eye opening to see Ezra appreciate Kanan, not for what he's taught him about the force, but just he, I even wrote it down. It's like, you know, the, the fact that he appreciated what he's taught him about life and being a good person. And even Kanan knows that he didn't receive a, a ton of training about how to be a Jedi. He was just a Padawan at the time of Order 66. So I just thought that was excellent. But then there they had the, the, the closing moments at, at the very end of the, of the season. And you even see the fact that the Kanan even now realizes that he sees things differently. And you take that literally or figuratively, because obviously he lost his eyesight at the conclusion of last season. But it's just where Ezra was not brooding a little bit, the fact that they had defeated, been defeated a little bit. And Kanan's like, there's still hope. And that, that message of hope is one of the big themes that runs through Star Wars that makes us come back time and time again. You can have all the action, you can have all the mystery like the Ben do, the thrilling aspects of it. But I think that message of hope is always something that really kind of sticks for most Star Wars fans. Yeah, I mean, Kanan's definitely came so far from a new dawn I, I don't want to say too much because you haven't read it brian but from what he was in a new dawn he's completely changed i'm trying not to say too much uh, that's okay i mean i am sure uh, i have a feeling of what it's what it's about if it if you need to make a point about this don't worry about me <laughs> uh well basically like and a new dawn he didn't want anything to do with force he just didn't want to really have anything to do with it because like anybody saw that he was a jedi he knew he was going to get killed right away. So he had it. He hit himself and then and it was a bit of a I don't want to use that word because it's pretty rude. He was a bit of like, I don't want people near me. He was a standoffage. He he just didn't he just didn't want to be near anybody. He just wanted to be by himself. But to see him come all the way from a new dawn, the Canaan comic, through all of Rebel seasons one and two to season three, I mean that whole scene that just at the start of this episode, like he didn't he doesn't want he, he felt he had nothing left to train Ezra, and then Ezra's like, "No, you still have you still have a lot more to teach me." And I, I, I just see he's like a like not a master Padawan re, uh, relationship; it's a father son relationship. Yeah, just done in, done in a different way, kind of like what Obi Wan and Luke were in, in a sort of way, or uh, Anakin and uh, Obi Wan, but that was more brothers brother relationship. But yeah, he's just came so far, and he's. He's more wise. I feel he's more could even go wiser. It's like Obi Wan or Qui Gon. Absolutely. I mean, I I think you said it beautifully, Scott. And I think the only thing I would add on to that is that just in conclusion of what you said, Kanan's story. I mean, through New Dawn and through the comic books, I think the one thing you can say about it is is that he is a changed man. Ezra is coming from at the same time. Ezra was a little bit. I want to be by myself. I want to learn the Force in my own kind of way. And I think Kanan relates to that. And then for Ezra to come out and say that at the beginning and then to have some connection at the end was a nice touch because it connects with Kanan somehow. We've only been talking for 20, 25 minutes here, and I feel like we'd still go into more depth on this episode. And it's just, again, I, I don't I don't want to speak for you guys, but I think we just need to have, you know, everybody that, that's tuning in, just watch it again, you know, watch it again. It was just an excellent interpretation of, of Star Wars and just bravo, guys, bravo. Robin, I, I think I think it's that time, Robin. 
Oh, man, it's already that time. I know you said it was already 25 minutes in, but you know what? Like Brian said, please go back, watch this as many times as you can. Enjoy it. It is the last episode of season three. Got a teaser for a little something for season four. You guys can go online. You can look that up. Enjoy that. But it's that time of the show we like to call here on Rebels Recap. Plug time. Plug time. Plug time. That's right here at Rebels Recap. I'm going to send it right on over to Mr. Fontaine. Where can they find you across social media? So you can find me on Twitter at Jedi Scavenger SW, Jedi Scavenger SW on Instagram. And uh, we've got some pretty big things in the works. There'll be some announcements coming out hopefully really soon. But let me just say I've been pretty busy behind the scenes on something and uh, we'll be releasing more information on it when we can. Scott? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Scott Inch or on Twitter at Scott Inch 85. And I'm, this week I'm going to start doing an article on the Star Wars canon books. So look, out, look forward to that coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that article. I know we broke down the comics last time. Now we're going to yeah. be getting into the novels, which is something that a lot of Star Wars fans love. You guys can follow me at Mr. Vote Tweets on Twitter. Make sure to head on over to Instagram at the official vote. Make sure to like the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network page on Facebook. Follow it over on Twitter and Polls close April 1st for the Star Wars Podcast Awards 2017. Make sure to vote the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network and the podcast as your best new show. A lot of great other podcasts out there that you can vote for as well. Make sure to get your vote in. A lot of big news coming up around the corner here from the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network for Mr. Scott Inch, Mr. Brian Fontaine, and for Robin Vote here at the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network. Thank you guys for watching Rebels Recap, and we'll see you next season. May the force be with you. Always. Always.